Good morning. I uh, hope everyone is doing well. Um, welcome to the Muslim Next Door podcast. I am your host, Shifa. So if you are new here, welcome, and I hope you uh, stick around for this podcast. And if you are returning, uh, I hope you guys had a great week. My week was pretty, you know, mellow. We got snow, finally. And if anyone who knows me knows, I love winter and I love the snow. And, like, my favorite time of the year is when it snows. You know, a nice cup of hot chocolate, sitting by the window, watching snowfall, the fireplace going off, watching Christmas movies. You know, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I don't know what it is with Christmas movies. But, like, I just love them, like, in the wintertime, and that's it. And then the rest of the year, I'll never watch a Christmas movie because they're too cheesy. (laughs) But it's just, in the winter, it's just another kind of energy, kind of vibe that, like, I'm with and I love going skating I've been skating since like I was three years old so like that is such a huge like plus for the winter time I'm like tubing and sledding and all that stuff I love doing but the one winter sport I cannot do is skiing um I know I remember like I think maybe two years ago I went with my sister and a couple of our friends um they had gone skiing before so they kind of had an idea of how to ski me and my sister it was the first time we went to this place we got our equipment we got ready and everything and like they just tell you sign this waiver that if you get hurt it you can't sue them whatever it is and they just throw you on the slopes and we had no idea what we were doing we <laughs> decided to go on one slope turned out it was the hardest slope there we had no idea went down it and the slope like ends where people are walking and I had no idea how to stop. And I'm going down this hill, full speed, freaking out, screaming, arms flailing. And I'm going to just fall, like run into a crowd of people. And I just, I remember I started screaming, like, move out of the way. I can't stop. And then I threw myself down. Like, I don't even know how to stop myself. And like, everyone was watching me and laughing. And it was so embarrassing. And then not even like 10 minutes later, we're going down the easy slope and the easy slope was filled with little children. And me and my sister are trying to avoid hitting these little children that she ended up flying off the side of the slope and injuring her ankle. And so like, and this was like 15 minutes into the whole trip. And so we had to get someone to come and help her and like drive her down the hill and all this stuff. And they iced her foot and they're like, uh, listen, you've barely been skiing. So we're going to refund your, um, your ticket and like you can come another time me and my sister looked at each other we're like yeah never again and we left and we never went back and so like that's the one winter sport I will not get involved in but anything else I love you know any winter activity I'm so down for like even like ice fishing all that stuff so much fun but skiing just it's not it I haven't done snowboarding before maybe this year I'll try that but who knows I might end up falling and breaking my arm this time but yeah, that's just my little spiel on the winter and how much I love it. Um, it's probably going to melt away tomorrow because <laughs> that's just how Canadian weather is. But yeah, so this week, other than that, I mean, for me personally, it was pretty chill. But uh, social media wise, you know, Muslims kind of face two huge kind of things um, that I want to address. And I want to get directly into it. Uh, the first one being um, Muslim Pro. I mean, you guys clearly know what that is if you are on social media and have been following my Instagram, following so many other people. But Muslim Pro uh, is an application. Um, it's for Adhan and like prayer times. And so recently in a Vice Motherboard article, they were kind of looking into 
this company that is selling um, data to the military. And so they were investigating other companies that have um, a relationship with this company, which is called Exmode. Uh, one of those, or two of those, that kind of matter to us as Muslims, that was on the list, I think there was a, allegedly about 100 companies that were investigated. Two of those were the Muslim Pro application and Muslim Mingle. And so what this is, is um, obviously data mining. So using the application on your phone, it collects your data and it's selling it to this company, Xmode. And Xmode is selling it to the US military, which is then using it to counter, as they said, um, cyber terrorism and all this stuff. And uh, it kind of blew up on TikTok. Uh, I saw it on TikTok and it kind of got widespread out. It was taken down from TikTok by a couple different users. And then it kind of spread all over Instagram and Twitter, and it just kind of blew up. So just a little bit more about it. The military actually confirmed the Vice Motherboard's uh, report saying that they actually do use the data to support what they call Special Operations Forces mission requirements overseas. So, I mean, we all know what that kind of means, uh, where that goes. I think what kind of made people go crazy about this and start uninstalling the app was the fact that this is an app that we trust. And it's an app that, you know, as Muslims, you need, you know, you need to see your prayer times, you know, because every day changes. And so when you're a Muslim and you're using these applications without the knowledge of them selling your data to the U.S. military is what is the betrayal, you know? Like, we know Facebook is mining our data, we know Instagram, we know TikTok, we know all these, like, social applications, and we willingly go on them, which, you know, is to our discretion, and it's our own choices to do that, but we are aware of it. With the Muslim Pro app, you know, like, it's something that we need, and we weren't aware of it. We weren't aware that our data was being sold to Xmode, who was then selling it to the U.S. military. And, like, we can always say, like, we can stop using Facebook, we can stop using Twitter and Instagram and all these applications that do collect our data because we don't really need them. There's social there's social media platforms that, you know, you can live without, you know, if you really wanted to protect your data and protect yourself. Um, but like the Muslim Pro application, obviously, like you can use like the timetables that you print out or whatever. But, you know, it's easy to have an app on your phone. It's something you need. It's something that millions of Muslims had on their phones. I, I don't use this app, I use a different one, but you know, millions of Muslims use this app, and so like, it's that betrayal, and it's the fact that, you know, as Muslims, we're already targeted so much, and for them to target us with an application that, you know, we do need and is important to us religiously um, is uh, upsetting, and it's angering, and it's what made people so mad, and why people got so, like, crazy about it, but it was nice to see that there was jokes and people were, you know, laughing and, and, you know, trying to make light of the situation, even though it's kind it was really upsetting. And I remember when I first saw it, I was like, so shocked, you know, my sister sent it to me, uh, sent me the TikTok. And she's like, watch this. And I'm like, okay. And so watching it, I was really shocked. I was like, Oh, my gosh, what is this? I need to tell people. Um, and then within a couple hours, you know, obviously, the whole world pretty much knew or what I believe is the whole world uh, from my point of view everyone was talking about it you know and that night I went and I was hanging out with a couple of friends family friends and everything and I was telling them and even they were shocked they're like oh my gosh and everyone opened their phones and checked if they had the app and uninstalled if they did and so a lot of people uninstalled the app and um, Muslim Pro came out and made a statement saying that they weren't selling it like they weren't aware of it and 
it was a mistake and they're gonna try better and they've cut off ties with x mode but you know this is just covering face they they got caught and so now they need to cover for it you know maybe they really didn't know that x mode was selling it to u.s military but like this company is known to sell to the u.s military you know so why are you giving your data to that company the data that is captured by these apps it's part of um improving like the services of the apps and like other reasons like advertisements and and it's kind of like a a good revenue stream for applications and another thing that was kind of going around was that the creator of the app was a french non-muslim now i couldn't find a lot more information on that in my research of this topic and so like i don't want to talk too much on it but it, just the fact that it's a french non-muslim who created the app is like so mind-blowing and it's like what we're boycotting the french because they're known to be islamophobic and like all this stuff so that was even like on top of it but i think the biggest thing was this kind of betrayal um of you know our trust because we did trust this application and like i was reading through tweets and like there was this one tweet that kind of just the way that ha they had worded it really like got my point across and like what i was feeling and so like the tweet was true apps have been long selling users data to third parties since the discovery of smartphones however in the case of muslim pro which is patronized by millions of the very people who are most vulnerable to be cataloged as terrorists, the betrayal seems to be far deeper. And that's the issue. And I think this is probably like a wake-up call for Muslims. Just how deeply embedded just the surveillance uh, and security in the lives of Muslims in like the most basic and simple ways that you would even think that people were using. And it it's just crazy and it's not shocking to me because i know how much more we are surveillance like if you knew after 9 11 in new york how um they were surveilling mosques they were actually putting people in and uh to spy on muslims and so like it, it's something that's happened before so it's not like it's something new but it's just like an it's just like a slap in the face once again and it's just like a wake up like hey like be careful you really cannot you really cannot trust these people. You can't trust anyone as a Muslim, unfortunately, because everyone is kind of taking everything and twisting it a different way, and and they're trying to find a way to make us look bad. And so this whole data mining and data collection that's what's going on with this app, you know, was another part of it, unfortunately. And so I think a lot of people are like, why are people upset? And I think the biggest thing is that it's this betrayal of trust because you wouldn't expect it from an app that you believed was like pro-muslim like it's called muslim pro you know so it's like you wouldn't expect it from that and i think that's kind of what was the, the angering and upsetting kind of part of it all recently this week as well um the founder of muslim girl amani uh which is a muslim blog for muslim women um she's kind of known to be an activist uh, an author you know she's uh, jordanian american um, and she was recently taken off a flight and arrested because a white man felt uncomfortable by her presence, which is so insane to me that things like this can still happen. I like, I know it can happen, but it's just, it's shocking that it still does. You know, you know, all these companies, like this was on American Airlines, 
like all these airlines, it's all these companies, when they see these kind of situations, do they not realize what this is going to happen with the way they handle this? Like whether they handle it good or bad, they have to be careful. And like, haven't they learned at this point how to handle things like this? You know, she was taken off the flight. They made everyone get off the flight and then they arrested her and they held her for six hours. And the reason they said they arrested her was because she refused to take off her hijab because they were claiming she could harm herself with it, which is so insane to me. In the time that she was arrested, she said she heard one of the officers say, oh, didn't we have to deal with this with a Sikh man before? And someone who's Sikh, they wear the turban on their head. And so like them saying that too, it's like they clearly have no training. They have no respect. They have you know, no repercussions for dealing with things the way that they were dealing with Amani um, in that moment. And in the fact that this, they took her off because a white man said he was uncomfortable, you know, and she says like this guy cut her off and like he was really rude and before even, and then he was sitting in first class. And of course they're going to take the word of a white man sitting in first class over, you know, a young Muslim woman. And it's so upsetting and so angering. And it's like, there was no reason for this all to happen, you know, and them doing this really like, it not only affected Amani, but everyone on that plane, everyone who knows Amani, a lot of Muslims around the world. Like Incidents like this affect a lot more people than you think. And the fact that this is the route they decided to take, that they decided that, hey, let's get everyone off the flight, let's get her off the flight, let's get her arrested, uh, and this is how we're going to deal with it. It's crazy to me. It's like, how do you get there? Like, Do you not know how to deal with situations like this? Like, We've seen so many of these before. So I I just don't understand why it continues to be ha- continues to happen, and she was tweeting after the whole incident, and she was kind of just discussing how she felt, and she was saying how she was traumatized, and this is like the first time she's ever been arrested. Just seeing what she went through is so upsetting. You know she's kind of lucky that she has the platform and the voice that she had has because you know she was able to. Uh, reach out to the right people and people were able to kind of speak up on her behalf because she has such a huge platform you know the message and the news kind of spread out so there was a lot of people working in her favor um to kind of get her out of the situation that she was in and you know and she's lucky she knows her rights um unfortunately there's some people that don't and they don't know what their rights are in circumstances like this and she was luckily educated enough and that's a another point that we need to make as muslims is we need to educate ourselves on what our rights are. And so, I mean, if someone with her platform and someone with, you know, the voice that she has was treated this way, you know, I can only imagine how many people, you know, normal people who don't have this platform and voice kind of go through. And, you know, it just starts to make you think like, if it can happen to her you know it's clearly happening to a lot of other people and we just don't hear about it because you know they don't have such a loud voice or platform or they don't know their rights and they kind of go through it and and they have to deal with it and it's kind of it's it's frustrating and you know last week we were celebrating how you know the nypd was uh made a policy that you know Police officers can't force hijabis to take off their hijabs in mugshots. And when they're kind of arrested for this to happen, you know, not even a week later is just so frustrating. And it was, you know, it's it's so crazy because it's like we can win in one part, but we're there's something else that we need to fight. And hopefully, you know, we can make an example out of American Air. Um, 
and to show people like, hey, this is not the way to deal with it. You know, American Air had so many ways they could have dealt with this man and this whole issue. And they decided to take this route, which, you know, ultimately was the wrong route to take. And if they had, you know, dealt with this properly from the beginning, it wouldn't have reached this level. And now she's seeking, uh, you know, legal action. And I hope that, you know, she can take whatever legal action she needs to take to make an example of them. You know, to to show the world that, hey, listen, like, you can't keep doing this to us. And it's not right. And so it, it's just, uh, it, it's not right. And, and the fact that they had to empty out a whole plane and just to take her off and then arrest her because a man felt like he was uncomfortable with her on this plane. Uh, and for them to believe him because he's a white male sitting in first class, you know, the privilege there is screaming at you. And it's just, it's frustrating. Like, it's, I'm going to keep saying it's frustrating. It's annoying. And I, I just hate seeing this kind of thing because it's like, when are people going to learn? You know, like, it, this isn't something new. This isn't something, you know, we haven't seen before. And it's like, why can't these companies get it? Why can't these people get it? That you can't speak to a Muslim woman this way. You can't tell a woman to take off a hijab. You can't believe someone just because they're white male. He feels uncomfortable. How about her? He's completely rude to her from what, you know, we read through her tweets and the way she talked about the incident is he was rude to her. So why couldn't she? She should have just counter complained and be like, yo, he was rude and he cut me off in TSA. In, in TSA. So why can't you guys take him off? I feel uncomfortable with his presence. They wouldn't have done the same thing. They would have told her, it's okay, sit down, we'll figure something out, blah, 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 and went on with their days. But because it's a white male saying it about a hijabi, everything is blown out of proportion. And you get certain situations like this. And so I just hope she can take whatever legal action she can take and, you know, teach him a lesson. Like, hey, this is not how you deal with it. And you were wrong with the way you dealt with it and they owe her an apology for sure and so um i know their organization care kind of took on all the legal work for um this case and i just i really do hope they do take legal action and they can take legal action against them um and you know maybe this was meant to happen to her unfortunately because she has a platform of voice and because she has that platform of voice she can use it to make a change and to make a little bit of a difference and so i hope that you know, good things can come out of this, and I, unfortunately, she had to go through something like this to kind of get to this point, and, and it was traumatizing, I mean, having to deal with that, and, you know, being handcuffed for six hours, and being told you're gonna hurt yourself with your hijab, take it off, is, it's stressful, and it's, it's scary, and so I'm glad she had, you know, the people that she had around her, and championing for her, and, you know, fighting for her, um, I just hope that, you know, we, can continue fighting for each other you know as Muslims and taking care of each other because I think it's kind of important that we do look out for each other I feel like you know our the Muslim Ummah is very separated um a lot of the times because I don't know what it is but we have this kind of complex of not helping each other which is unfortunate and it's kind of you know, it boils down to, oh, this person's not the same, you know, race as me, not the same culture as me. So there's this kind of like group mentality where like, if you're not, you know, Lebanese, I'm not gonna look out for you. You know, it's it's this weird thinking or, you know, the whole Shia versus Sunni thing. And a lot of things that have 
created like divisiveness in the Muslim Ummah, you know, we need to put those aside and we need to fight together because at the end of the day, we're all Muslims, no matter um, whatever sect we're from or what color we are or what culture we come from. You know, in the end of the day, we're all Muslims and, you know, this is affecting all of us and we should come together as Muslims and, you know, look out for each other. I mean, it, no one else is going to look out for us other than each other. We have to have each other's backs. And it's something that I've always preached and something I've always really believed in is that we need to look out for each other. And so if you do see a fellow Muslim, you know, stand up for them, you know, fight for them. It, and I would hope someone would do the same back for you. And so I think we should stick together because, you know, their whole point is to create a division between us, to create problems between us, create wars between us. So I feel like I could go on about this for days. So I just, my whole thing is like, we need to stick together. As a Muslim ummah, we need to look out for each other and watch out for each other and speak up for each other because, you know, that's the only way we're going to be able to get anything done. We can't have this, you know mindset of only taking care of yourself we can't have that mindset you know it's not it's not good for us so I hope we can continue to look for look out for each other regardless of you know whatever it is because in the end of the day like I said we're all Muslim but yeah so that's my take on this whole thing and kind of how I want to accept see it and accept it as you know like maybe the good will come out of it like the Muslim pro thing, like the amount of jokes that were kind of came out of it and memes that came out of it were so funny. And so like, it was nice to have like those little laughs, you know, there was like the one meme where it was like a message, but it's from the FBI and it's telling you what time off it is. And like, um, it's just like those small little memes that kind of got circulated around. You for sure saw them, but they were funny. And it was, it was nice to kind of get that little break. And the fact that we were able to kind of laugh at it and I and I hope we can always find the good in situations like these it's hard <laughs> but we have to try because in the end of the day we can't live in this constant negative mindset and you know like I said in my last podcast I wanted to be very positive in it and that's why I kind of was like celebrating so many different little things so I want to celebrate small things and the small things and I want to celebrate the big things and talking about celebrating um, things in life. Uh, uh, when this podcast goes up, it would have already passed, but this uh, weekend is the 77th Independence Day for Lebanon. And as a Lebanese Canadian, I am so excited for that. And for a lot of you who don't know, I am part of a nonprofit organization that we recently started uh, called United for Lebanon. And so we're, assi- we're assisting um, this awesome group in Toronto, uh, Lebanon Strong, with this event. And we have like the Lebanese consulate part of it and the mayor of Niagara Falls. And for the first time in history, we're going to be raising the Lebanese flag in Ontario, which is such a huge moment in history because, you know, it's never happened which is really, really cool. And we're going to be lighting the falls with the colors of the Lebanese flag. And it's just, it's something that I'm super excited for. And I'm so excited to be a part of because, you know, being born and raised here, it's been kind of hard to connect with, you know, where I'm from, you know, where my parents are from. And as much as my parents did try to, you know, in, you know, teach us about Lebanon and, you know, give us that Lebanese culture and celebrate, you know, the fact that we're Lebanese, there's, there's always this part that's kind of missing. And so I'm really glad that I'm able to take part of something like this and to be able to do something like this, you know, to commemorate Lebanon and, you know, just celebrate Lebanon. 
because the Lebanese people have been through a lot in the last couple years and especially recently you know in the summer with the explosion um, that happened in Beirut it just it's been a really rough time for people in Lebanon and so it's just nice that we can get together to kind of celebrate you know the 77th Independence Day and to be surrounded by fellow Lebanese and people who you know have the same love for Lebanon who want to see you know, Lebanon do good and do better. And so I'm so excited for that. So by the time this podcast is up, though, you might have, if you follow me on my uh, Instagram, have seen uh, the posts for it, or you've actually seen it in the news, because I'm pretty sure this is going to be something pretty big, because it is historic, and it is um, something really exciting. And I just, I pray that it goes well. And hopefully at this point, <laughs> when the podcast goes up, you guys have seen it, and it was hopefully, inshallah, a successful event. And, you know, I'm just super excited to be a part of it. And it's just, it's something to look forward to. And I feel like with COVID and everything that's going on, it's been kind of hard to look forward to a lot of things. So it's just nice to have something like this to kind of, to keep my mind busy, I guess, and kind of look forward to. So it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. And I'm just, I'm super excited for that. And so hopefully you guys have seen it already and checked it out. And if not, go to my Instagram, I probably still have something posted about it, or you can go on the United for Lebanon Facebook page, um, we'll obviously have posts there, or even follow Lebanon Strong on Instagram or on Facebook, you'll for sure see stuff there, uh, and so it's just, it's going to be hopefully a cool event, and hopefully it's successful, so when you're listening to this, you guys have seen it's been a success, uh, but yeah, so I think I'm just going to end the podcast off here. I hope everyone has a great rest of their Monday and a great rest of their week. Um, And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a nice little review or go on to the Instagram at Muslim Next Door podcast and let me know how I did. Let me know if you enjoyed it, if you didn't. And if you did enjoy it, uh, share it with your friends and your family. If you didn't enjoy it, let me know what you didn't like. (laughs) Um, And let me know what you would like to see from me um, in future episodes. But uh yeah so stay safe stay healthy stay six feet apart don't miss your prayers and this has been a muslim next door podcast until next week